Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Collective. This is James Hicks, and I'm excited for our show today. As you know, here on the Digital Collective, we we highlight people, processes, and the technology in enterprise and consumer technology that are making big strides. Today, I am I'm extremely excited. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm humbled to have all the adjectives, right, to have Jared Spink here. Jared is the founder and creative director of Hive Media, a digital creative agency based in San Diego. Uh, when Jared's not behind a, a photo or a video camera or, or flying a drone, capturing amazing panoramic footage, you'll likely find him hosting his, his amazing podcast, The Hive, where he shares stories and strategies with fellow entrepreneurs and creatives. Look, I, I got The Hive on constant repeat. In my uh, in my iPhone, I'm gonna suggest that you do it as well. Go ahead and do that now before we get get going. But uh, I'm truly honored to have one of the coolest kids in class on the Digital Collective today. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, Jared Spink. Huh? Oh man, you're you're too nice, man. You're too nice. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm rocking gear too. Look, I, I'm I'm talking about just start as well. I'm rocking gear. What's going on, man? Uh, dude, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, that was such a kind intro, it, like puts all my intros to shame. That's the hardest part of doing like a podcast or something is like doing uh, doing the intro. No, look, it's, it's all good. It, it, it's all true. I, I mean it humbly. Uh, a lot of the things that you do, I sit back and, and, and look and, and mimic. I will say specifically as well. So the hat, this is your gear. My hat. Literally, this the same design across nice. with the same you know, green underbill. I was talking to the, the team out of Preston. So, shouts out to Sylvia and Andrew. So, I said, look, make mine 
like Andrew, like uh, like Jared's, because I, I want what, what he's rocking to be mine as well. So, man, um, listen, let's let's go ahead and get into it, man. Let's get focused because I want to be cognizant of your time. Uh, tell the folks, tell my audience who you are, what is you, you that you do. Just give kind of the that Jared Spink story, if you don't mind, brother. Yeah, I mean, you kind of summed it up really, really well. So, um, I run a creative agency, um, eh, freelance, whatever you want to call it. Um, doing photos and video. Uh, my bread and butter is kind of real estate. That's uh, really big out here in, uh, in California. And that's kind of just what got me into being able to do this full-time was real estate. And so I've always kind of leaned heavy into that. Not necessarily my favorite thing to do, but it, it pays the bills. And um, essentially I'll do anything for a client with a camera or a drone or yeah, that's basically it, man. And I, will, I do, podcasts, I will which do is anything just for a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything with a camera. Um, and I do the podcast, which is kind of just like a, uh, a good creative outlet. Um, I've always wanted to start a podcast and I'm happy that I finally pulled the trigger 10 years later after the initial like itch to start a podcast. It took yeah. forever to actually do it, but um, yeah, it's been great. I love it. So let's, let's talk about that because you know, I, when I was doing some more research on you and, and kind of your background, I'm really intrigued about how you went from, from car sales, grocery store management, supplier management in the, you know, in the craft brewing industry to being an entrepreneur, videographer, podcast, those things that, how, how did you make that, that turn in the road to say, you know what, this is what I want to do after going down those different paths in your life. Oh man, you, uh, you did, you really did some research. I don't Where'd look, you find you, my resume? You, I don't mess around, but come on now. This, this, we, we've been doing these things for a while. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure I talk about you the right way. <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah, I've always had a passion of doing stuff, uh, dealing with people. And that, like you go way back and like every job I've had, you got to have people skills. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed just connecting with people and, um, you know, the photography, like going way back, photography has always been a passion, but I just never found a way to to make it happen. And I picked up the camera, put it down a lot throughout my life. Um, and, you know, really, like when you go way back, like even to the car sales, stuff, like that cameras weren't on like the forefront of my mind back then. Okay. Um, but they they started maybe like five, six years ago. I started ha picking up that hobby again and really having a passion for it. And, you know, anything you have a passion for, you you start at some point wondering how you can make a living doing something you enjoy, right? Because that's, that's what we all want to do. We want to actually make money doing something we love to do. Um, and just keep doing it, keep doing it as a hobby. And eventually, like, just the, the path led to being able to do it full time after um, the company I was working for uh, sold. And I didn't want to continue on with the, the new company. And kind of made that leap at some point you just got to take a chance and i did that and, and it's worked out so is, is that where the catchphrase the the slogan for the hive is that where just start kind of kind of just initiated start comes from <laughs> just start comes from the fact that i myself just need that reminder right yeah. because i procrastinate a lot we all do right yeah. we all get yeah. an idea and then you're like oh that's a great idea and then you don't do anything about it or it takes you forever to finally finally do it and so the just art is it's just that reminder of like do it you know right. kind of like Nike, just do it just start um i think if we all did that we'd all be in probably different places or where we want to be a lot sooner if we 
if we just started. I love that, man. Right, right. Get out of your own way kind of thing and just yeah. go and keep <laughs> moving. Felicia, we see you in the comments asking about where his podcast is. We definitely going to get into that because that that is some of the crux of the conversation. And like, like I say, uh, make sure you put it. Look, I'll, I'll say it now. He's on all the syndicated platforms and it's called The Hive. Just just get out there, subscribe to it right now. Uh, the main topic for, I guess, for the conversation today is, is kind of what it means to be a creative. Right. And then you've got such a varied background, again, from a videographer perspective, from a drone pilot's perspective. You got your part one. Uh, what is it? The part one, uh, 117 or part 107. 107. Yeah, yeah. You got your pilot's license. OK. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. All right. So have to, if you want to make a living, doing I, drone I was gonna work. Say, if you if you actually <laughs> want to be flying a drone over people and, and around people, you actually have to take that pilot's license test. I, that's when I pulled the plug and said, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ready to actually get that part, but uh, it's all good. Oh, come on, man. You can do it. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Really? All right. I'm, I'm going to ask yeah. you for the answers. And you know, next, next, next time I'm, <laughs> I'm up there getting ready to take the test, I'm going to ask you for the answers. But, you know, be, being a creative, again, be, being from a, from a drone pilot, being a, a videographer, being a photographer, what, what does being a creative in today's world, and I, and I want to preface by saying today's world being the last 17 months, since the world has kind of stopped and paused and we're starting to try to come out of it, how has some of that affected your creativity? How has that kind of guided some of the things that and some of the projects that, that you're working on with your team? Uh, and, and if it has, if, if it hasn't, that's fine as well. But again, what does being a creative in today's ecosystem and environment really entail for you? Uh, for me, it, I mean, if we go back to when the p pandemic started, that was right when I was starting to be, I don't like using the term full-time creative because like, I guess I am, but at the same time, like I'm not creative in the sense where like I do YouTube or podcasting full-time, like that is not my full-time gig. My full-time is being a creative for clients, like going and capturing what they need. Um, and it, the pandemic actually it made the business explode because there was a need for people to be out in front of people digitally more than in person. And I kind of see that still being the case, at least with what I'm doing with real estate stuff and um, a few other projects that I, I do for, you know, different cities and stuff that they need to be in front of people. And the best way to do that is digitally now. And so the pandemic helped that um, pick up. But um, in general, what I see for creatives is that um, being a creative now just means it's being a business. It, it's not necessarily um, like it's a hobby. It's also a business now, which is just, it's absolutely amazing. So you, you're almost taking away the, the boundary that I was going to put on it and, and consciously of being content creation from a, a video producer, right? From, from, from a YouTube, from a, from a micro content perspective, but being a creative really in, in all aspects, solopreneur, entrepreneur, all, all of those professions require us to be a quote unquote creative. So the fact that you're saying that there was actually a blessing in the curse of the last 17 months, was it, was it again, more opportunities or just allowing you to think a little bit differently in terms of how you reached out to folks for, for opportunities? Cause, cause again, you, you take pictures and photos of real estate, the real estate market didn't stop. You know, but again, you yeah. couldn't be close with the purchaser or, or, the, or the seller and things of that nature. So you had to be, you had to think a little bit differently in terms of how you approach some of those projects. Talk to me a little bit about, again, a little bit more about how the last 17 months, again, I guess, built up your clientele, built up your, your, your toolkit, 
your approach to going out to individuals and or, and or businesses and kind of how we can use that moving forward for other folks in the creative marketplace? Yeah, I mean, it definitely opened up more opportunities, especially, you know, with the real estate market. Uh, I'm just going to talk about that because that's that's the bread and butter of my business. But um, agents started to see how important good quality photos and videos were and they you needed it when the pandemic started. Yeah. Um, but it also opened up opportunities to expand the business in different ways and think beyond just photos and videos, which as you know, someone that loves to do things with camera, that's immediately where you go. Yeah. Um, but do the research with whatever industry you're targeting with your creative passion. So for real estate, it goes beyond that. It goes to floor plans and virtual tours and um, even outside the box, what I think about is how can I, how can I get more business? How can I make more money? So pitching them on video testimonials. So yeah, people write okay. you a review on Yelp or whatever, but what, why not get the client in front of the camera and have them tell their experience of working with you? That's going to be much more impactful. Um, what about doing an about me video? What about doing videos that highlight cities you want to focus in? For your real estate business. Let's make videos for that. So the opportunities definitely uh, were there and allowed me to expand my creative business, but also thinking outside the box compared to what like all the other real estate photo and video people and companies were doing where they only focused on the typical things that a real estate agent needs. Mm -hmm. Let's think outside the box and kind of grow, try to grow that business and, and get in front of them thinking about, oh yeah, hey, that, that's a good idea. No one else is doing that. Let, that's going to set me apart. Let me do that. So definitely, you know, opened up opportunities, but you also got to think creatively. You know, a big part of creativity is problem solving. So <laughs> find the problem that the client's having and then find the solution or be the solution. I love that, man. Don't be, don't be stagnant, yeah. right? And I noticed you mentioned video a number of times, right? And again, we, we started off, I mean, I, I was drawn to you from the podcast, but one, one thing, a lot of things that I did, that I really like about your podcast is that you actually live stream it as well, right? You, you go raw from the, you, you shoot it in video and do you actually, you take the audio from the, the live stream and make that your podcast? Tell, tell me yeah, kind so of your, I, your workflow I, in that piece. I don't stream the podcast, right? I don't, I don't do that because um, I want to be consistent with, with the upload and I'm always recording the podcast at different times because yeah. of guest availability. So I don't stream it, but I do record the video. I use Ecamm, right? And so I just hit record. You don't have to go live with Ecamm. You can, right. you can just record. Um, and I record that way for the video version uh, of the podcast, but the audio, um, what I love about Ecamm is you get, you get, uh, uh, multi-track so you get the guest audio you get you get you get your audio you get a stereo track if you want it um, but i also use the roadcast pro and that also gives me multi-track so i have my actual high quality audio from what i'm recording with locally i also have the guest audio and then if the guests can and they're knowledgeable uh, on how to set up their audio if they can record a separate audio track like just them not a stereo track that's always best. They'll send it to me. Um, so I'll take, of course, my audio that's recorded locally, which is going to be the highest quality audio for me. I find which track of the guest audio sounds the best to work with. And that'll be, that'll be the audio version. The audio version always comes first and foremost for me. 
video is just there because, hey, we're jumping on a video call. Why not hit record <laughs> and put it up there for, for people to enjoy? If that's how they want to consume the podcast, um, it get that gets very little editing. Um, gets a little intro, a little outro, um, a little call to actions, throw up the social media tags up there, little things like that. It's really quick, but the audio version goes through quite a bit of, of editing. I got my workflow down, like my own EQ saved and compressor saved and limit, like all that. So it's just kind of plug and play, but I'll, I'll chop up those gaps that when you watch it in person, doesn't seem like a long pause, gotcha. but when you listen to it, you don't, you can't see it. So it seems, even if it's a, to me, even if it's a, like, a few milliseconds too long, it's awkward. So I'll trim up those, tighten up the audio, um, make the audio sound a little bit better. And um, that's kind of my workflow for the podcast. I love it, man. I love it because I, I was, you know, wanted to talk a little bit about some of those best practices, maybe dive into some of the tools. We we, we know we use kind of similar tools from a from a video product, production perspective. So so Ecamm is kind of that, that central tool from that perspective. Um, you had a show, you had an episode where you were talking about a process management platform, Milanote. I know we talked a little okay, bit yeah. about it ahead of time before we went live, but it's kind of a creative workflow. Well, a, a workflow, workflow for creatives. And I want to get into it. It looks pretty cool, but talk me into it, man, because, because I, I, Literally, I, I probably got a trial subscription to everything from, from ClickUp to Notion to this to this to Google Docs and whatever. But this Milanote platform, and again, I just want to give folks kind of some best practices and maybe some tools from a creative's perspective that they can use to, again, streamline that workflow. Talk a little bit about this one, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm personally yeah. intrigued by it. So I don't use it as often as I would like to. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with that. Like, I would like to use it a lot more th than I currently do. Um when it comes down to it, I am a very old school pen and paper um, kind of person. Like I like writing down my ideas and my outlines that way, but I also like to be organized. And the best way to be organized is to get all that digitized and uh, mill notes. It's great. It's a great app. Um, like I said, I don't use it as often as I, I like, but where I first started using it was with a video idea that unfortunately didn't come to fruition. We didn't actually end up making it, but it was a great way to get organized and it's a, it's, it's fantastic for that, uh, for planning a video. So you can lay out every, it's almost like a, a digital map that you can click through to other areas. So you can have the main, like kind of like tabs. It's kind of showing it there on the screen, but you can have like right there, you can have tags for, or tabs for pre-production and you can have to do's and then you can click into that and you can actually like have idea boards and you can pull pictures. Um, I'm horrible at storyboarding cause I can't draw, but storyboarding <laughs> on Milanote is fantastic because you can kind of grab, you can just Google like camera, low camera angle scene, right. Yeah. And you can kind of find what you want and you can just drag that over and at least gives you an idea of what you want to do and want to create. Um, and so just that, that process of being organized and getting your thoughts and mapping it out on paper um, is fan well not paper but uh, digitally yeah. uh, is fantastic and it's a, it's a big help when you actually go to execute that you have a reference doesn't mean you got to stick to it but at least it, there's a plan in place that can help you along the way and it's a it's great not just for like storyboarding for videos but if you want to redesign your office like I recently yeah. did 
It's great for that. Great for ideas. Great for, you know, having color palettes of if you want to keep your color palette the same. If you're designing a website, it's perfect for that. It's just, it's a great way to have all your ideas in one place and to have visual references. You can't really do that with paper unless you're a really good artist. And I, I'm not stick I'm in, I'm right in the same yeah. boat as you sometimes, <laughs> right, and, and that's what kind of why I wanted to, to go down this path, right? For folks who may not have heard of this, and again, ways and means of simplifying our workflow, of simplifying and streamlining our processes. It, we've, we've heard of all the big ones out there, right? We, again, we, we know about the, I'm going to say the ClickUps and the Notions and the, the Trello boards and things like that, but this is something worth looking at. If this doesn't work for you, again, look, look at something else, but now is the time to not get, get, to the point where the task may be too big and you don't do something, do like Jared says and just start, uh, find, find a way to streamline the process, find, try to find a way to make what you're trying to do from a creative side, from an entrepreneurial side, personal or professional, whatever, and just get out there. Man, no, this is, this is going to, this is going to work, man. This tagline <laughs> that you got, is going to work. I, I can say, stay, just go ahead and just, just start. Um, let me, let me ask you about, and folks, if you in the comments got any questions for Jared, man, look, while he's here, don't be bashful. Don't be shy. I know Steve Worthy and, and Ken Young are, are not bashful folks I see out there. Uh, short and midterm, I think. Let me, let me ask you about this. Possible trends that you're seeing kind of in the whole content creation ecosystem. Are, are you seeing us, people leave audio, go to video, leave video, go to audio, focus on micro content or or even more at a, at a, at a 35,000 foot level, just are you seeing some different types of trends from a content creation perspective? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest trend and we're probably all seeing it is just short form content. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> but, so, but, tell, um, so tell me why. Let's, let's, let's dive into the, that. That's let's, the trend. Yeah, let's dive yeah, into I that. I mean, every, okay. So it, there's definitely a place for it, mm -hmm. obviously, because that that's, that's the trend. It, it's mm -hmm. taken off. There, so there is a place for it. And, um, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's, uh, like my generation. I just, I'm not a fan. Like if I'm going to go online, especially like on YouTube, right. If I'm going to go on YouTube, like I'm looking to solve a problem and I'm trying to find a video that I want to watch. Um, and short, form, okay. Let's rewind for a second. Short form content in its current form. Um, just seems like needless, useless content at this point. I don't see a lot of people leveraging shorts in a way where it's useful. The shorts that I see now, or I shouldn't say shorts because it's not just YouTube, but short form content in general, whether it's Instagram or TikTok, um, very few people are, are making content that is actually useful. Mm. I don't care if you can dance to a certain song. I don't care if you make a comedy skit with uh your cameras or, or whatever like because that's what's trendy and that's what everybody's jumping on but for me i want the content i'm watching to be meaningful and i just don't see people leveraging shorts in a to make content that's meaningful you know i go through youtube and i'll, I'll mark videos that i want to watch later or that i want to come back to yeah. because it's a great video and it provides value i don't see a lot of value being provided in shorts or short form content. You don't see a lot of people bookmarking a, a 15, 30 second video. Like, you know yeah. what? That was great. I need to go back to that. That was super good. No, it's like you view it for a few seconds and you swipe up. And how horrible is that for a creator? 
you're going to get so burned out because a 15 second video still takes a ton of work. Making engaging short form content can be harder and more time consuming than a long form video. Tell, and tell so, it. See, now, now you're telling they, behind the scenes, right? Because a lot of folks right. don't, don't realize that. No, it, it takes longer than the 15 seconds to just plan and stage that. I, I love that. Keep going, brother. I, I tell video, I tell clients all the time, like all the time, shorter are harder to take yes. because you still got to get a point across in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Hard to make. And uh, you're going to get burned out. Like I just see short, I see creators getting burned out on short form content. Man, I, I look, I, Look, I knew but that's just I, maybe it's just no, me. I, no, it's I'm not, not just like you again for short form content and not especially don't recycle it. Like I, I, I was, um, Becky and Chris, fantastic mm-hmm. YouTuber. She, she made some point on Twitter about short form content. And I said, I, what drives me nuts is when the content's recycled, like it's the same short yeah. on Instagram, the same, then you see it on YouTube. Like I just saw it on Instagram. I don't want to go see it on YouTube again. Yeah. Like I posting it in both places. It like, irritating <laughs> no, that's no that's a that's a valid that's a that's a good point and and, and you and i are in agreement uh, with the longevity the use the almost the value right of, of short term uh, short uh, micro content i i can understand it to a degree but again i i am not the tiktok guy i can't understand the whole algorithm around tiktok every time i scroll i'm not again, on tiktok I'll, like i just well, well, i'm not gonna be on it <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave in to peer pressure. I, I got two teenagers, right? So, I, so I, I gave in to peer pressure, and I installed it. And all I see are, are the crazy dances. And those days for me were 30, 40 years ago, right? And and in terms of using it, utilizing it from from a business perspective, again, I, I can't find out where it should properly fit into my workflow. It, it probably does. I probably should go to someone's course and, and and listen to someone who's leveraging it the right way. But I'm in I'm in agreement with you, right? I need to focus. You're just start. I'm, I'm focused, right? I, I need to focus on what resonates with me and my audience and where I can tell kind of those long form uh, stories and have those long form discussions and just Snapchats and the, and the, and the 15 second stories or whatever the case may be. It's, it's so difficult to really, for me as, as well, to convey that message in that short period of time when again, why not just do it in, in a much longer form con- conversation like like we're having now where we can go much many layers deeper, I guess it's from, it's from my perspective. So um, you you are stirring up some questions here and look. I know, I'm, I'm trying to know, look Jared, at them Jared too. Spink is on the line. So I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm, I'm, a not gonna, I'm not gonna go here with the riffraff here. I'm, I'm gonna leave Steve Worthy last. I'm, I'm gonna go with somebody, somebody else here. Uh, Ken. Good to see you, brother. Advice for standing out amongst a crowd when you know everyone and their parents are doing similar content. How can I compete against James? Brother, you can't. You know, I'm I'm in I'm in third gear, brother. You 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 just not, no. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna leave that to, um, to Jared to answer though. Yeah. So my biggest advice with that, and, and it's, it's a great question. How do you stand out when you know podcasting? Everybody's starting a podcast. Like I thought everybody had a podcast when I started. It's even more crowded now. How do you stand out? Honestly, I mean, well, one quality, right? You got to, we all hear that good quality. I mean, you, you have a chance to make a first impression once. So good quality is important, but a lot of people have good quality because um, the barrier to entry to good quality is, is low. Um, honestly, the best way to compete and to stand out to be the last man standing, to be the last 
one, be consistent and don't give up because a lot of people do, they get burned out, they give up, they throw in the towel. How are you going to stand out? You're always going to be there. I mean, that's, that's my opinion because he's right. A lot of people are doing the same exact thing now. So how do you stand out? Be consistent and don't give up because uh, not everybody's going to do that. A lot of people aren't going to be consistent. A lot of people are going to give up. If you don't, then you're going to stand out. That's 100%, man. I agree. I mean, that's, and that's how you rise above the noise too, right? I mean, just again, because the quality of the content, I, I guess where, where I talk to folks a lot as well is, we, we've, we've heard the statement in, in the in the community, in the camp community about being uh, intent, intentional and been, being, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. Be, be, be uh, focused on, on the words and be focused on the message and be you do what you're doing with intent and purpose. That's what I was going to say. We've heard that in, in the community, right? And, and as you're being consistent with delivering that message, there are going to be others. And we've seen that, right? A lot, a lot of folks. And I, and I talked about this with some other folks within the community. A lot of folks were, were hot and heavy and, and, and gung ho and, and pushing out a lot of content at the beginning of the, of the pandemic, but where are they at now? <laughs> right. A lot, a lot of folks wanted to do this for real and, and wanted to, to spin up a side hustle or, or make this their, their, their main gig. And, and unfortunately we've seen a lot of folks either get burnt out folks who didn't know what it was that they really wanted to do. They were just, they were just getting into content creation because they saw the next person doing it and didn't really, didn't really plan it out themselves in terms of what their goal and what their mission and what their direction was going to be. So they fallen off and kind of like, like Jerry was just saying, man, just be continually consistent with what you're doing. Uh, let me, let me bring up another question. I'm gonna get to you later, Steve. Again, you're, you're heckling from the back. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep talking to Ken here. Um, the best way to leverage short form video if you don't like to be the creative in front of the camera. Wow. That's tough because Dude. I'm just, I don't do short form video. <laughs> I just don't <laughs> yeah. like, I'll do little, little clips and, and uh, uh, like little audio outtakes podcast to promote the podcast. And I just find yeah, a good portion and, and pluck that. But um, I am not the person to ask about short form content because I hate it. So yeah. like, I wish I could give you an answer, but I'm, I hate it with a passion. <laughs> Ken, Ken, you're going to have to get on camera, brother. Yeah, you, you can't, if you, if you want to have your message. If you want to make videos. Yeah. If you want to make videos, you, you're going to have to be in front of the camera unless you're making videos for someone else. But if yeah. you are the one that you want to make videos for, um, you got to be in front of the camera. <laughs> Yeah, because because you are the brand, right? You you are right. you are the subject matter expert. You're you're the one that people will resonate to. Yeah, yeah. The content has to be uh, premium, and it has to be quality, and it, and it has to resonate. But when folks log on to your channel or your podcast or your stream or whatever, they they kind of want to see a picture of Jared Spink. They they, they don't want to see a picture of his dog or whatever, right? Or whatever. I don't know if you got a dog or not. So. It, real quick, I mean, he, he just, I'm going out of order here, but like he just said, he has a, uh, I have a face for radio, right? Like that's how he feels about himself. Well, man, get over that. Like we're all self conscious about ourselves 100%. We yeah. all don't feel like we're that movie star quality to be in front of the camera. Well, guess what? The majority of the world isn't movie star quality to be in front of the camera. So, and just, um, that, that's hard to get over, but, it's about the content and not about how you look, man. So do not worry about that. If you're making good content, people are going to connect with them. So yeah. don't worry about how you look. Yeah. And Ken, listen, man, I'm going to give you these flowers, brother. You are 
creating good content, you and what, what Greg are doing. So I'm going to ask you to put your link to your show in the comments so folks can check it out. And you, you are with that, with the, the created economy and the podcast and the video cast that you're doing that, that's some good stuff. So put that in the comments so folks can check that out. I see some man, I see my man over here on LinkedIn, AJ, I see you brother. Uh, old media to new media. My favorite quote applies. I'd write you a shorter letter. If I just had the time, concise content and value is hard. AJ coming through with me. See, there, there it goes right there. There, There's the whole, we've summed up the entire stream right there. We're, we're done. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate you for joining in today. All right, Steve, I'm, I'm going to come to you, man. Well, let me, let me see. Let me make sure you're, you're asking. See, James, please don't do any TikToks. No one wants to see you dancing. That. <laughs> see, see what I mean about, about heckling from the back of the room. Consistency is king. Uh, in terms of podcasting, yes. So here you go. Do you have anything with value for value with your podcast? Yeah, I'm not, I saw that question. I'm not sure what he means value for value. Like, uh, I'm not sure what he's asking there. Steve, yeah, be, be a little more specific. So I, I know, so um, just for back in and back reference, Jared, Steve Worthy has a has podcasters live, which is an entire kind of ecosystem and a community that he's building up yeah, for yeah. podcasters and themselves. I think we have a time to set up for me to be on his show. Okay. Um, like next, I think it's next month. Okay. Um, but yeah, like be a little bit more, I'm not sure what value for value, um, what exactly. Cause they, I mean, that could be taken multiple ways. Like, are you doing something like, are you, are you, is that person coming on your show? So you, you're on their show, like value for value that way. Like, uh, I don't know. That could, it could mean a couple of different things. So if you want to be more specific, just, you know, drop it down in the chat. Be specific, Steve. I, mean, I got Jared. He's not. He's not messing around, right? He he needs specific, and he can't be very general. Man, this this man's time is incredibly valuable. But uh, <laughs> it's Friday. I got it, all the time in the world. It, it's Friday. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm still drinking coffee here at late late in the afternoon, but it's it's yeah, all good. Same here. I don't know what you're drinking, but uh, it's okay. We'll, we'll talk about that later. It's coffee, coffee, coffee. <laughs> this is an interesting question that Ken is asking. But advice for being a storyteller for content across multiple media platforms. Do you so I'm going to add to this and ask you this, Jared, do you kind of change your delivery dependent on the platform that you're working on? Right. So uh, let's, let's say if you were writing blog posts from a text perspective, does the message, the delivery change versus something that you're doing for YouTube versus something that you're doing on the audio side for, for your podcast. Or, and does that hurt, hinder, or is it indifferent? Um, you know, I think it really just depends on you uh, as a creative and your brand. So yeah. I'm all about consistency. So it, for me, it doesn't really change. Um, like the message doesn't change. What I'm putting across doesn't change. Um, if anything, like, well, maybe on Twitter, I'm a little bit more short, right? Because Twitter, you can get away with a lot more. <laughs> um, but for me, for me, it doesn't, but I think that's more of a brand uh, perspective, like what your brand is and what you're trying to do with that brand. Um, if you want to brand yourself differently on different platforms then do that. But if you want it to stay the same across multiple platforms, that's kind of what I want. Um, then what I'm creating and what I'm showcasing kind of stays that consistent look, consistent delivery, it all basically stays the same. So when you see it, you're like, oh, no, that's, that's Jared. That's yeah. That's the high podcast. Like you, you just know it. Um, so for me, it doesn't, um, but it definitely can. It's, it's, it's a preference thing. Yeah. Listen there. And there, folks, listen, there's truth in what Jared is saying, because you know, when it's 
been touched and been blessed by Jared Spink because the <laughs> the, the yellow, I mean, the, the hex codes for the yellow is, is dialed in. The Instagram feed has, you know, maybe a, a quote, uh, audiogram, and then a picture. But it, it's all done very succinctly. And I'm like, this guy has got it dialed down to where you, you look at the, the audiograms for each episode of a podcast and the branding is, is dialed in. And that's what you want to do. Again, I think that right. raises you above that noise and, and, and really puts you into that premium content delivery ecosystem i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring that up talk a little bit about that some more man because yeah so that's that's super frustrating it's it's pleasant to see when you're looking at the grid but it's also very frustrating um uh the the podcast one stays very very consistent and you're right it's you know it's like a like a now it's kind of a a reel with yeah dude this is no joke uh, here man caption yeah (laughs) caption and then you have like an, another audiogram and then you have a snippet from from the recording and that stays very very consistent and looks the same um on my personal instagram um i tried to do like a photo a photo or a reel of like some sort of piece of gear or something i'm doing and then a promotion for the podcast and that kind of switches every other occasionally i i do have to do a reset because like when i went on vacation to hawaii i posted like a couple reels from drone videos I did. And so I did three in a row. So you have that even break and I can start over again. Um, so that kind of messes me up sometimes because you want to post other stuff and it's yeah. hard to be, uh, to keep that consistent look, but it definitely helps. I mean, I love the way the, the podcast, you know, IG page looks, looks very, very consistent. When you look at it on Fridays, it looks very complete because <laughs> I post Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So by the Friday post, it looks like that. <laughs> No, man, yeah, again, this is inspiration for me. I, I try to do something like that. So what what do you, do you use any tools outside of just a standard Instagram app to create kind of those, those larger grids? I was, I was seeing there's a couple of oh, tools. Oh, no, no map, no map. It's all in the head, man. Um, yeah. I know there's, I know there's apps that can be out there and, and help you, but I'm cheap. I don't want to pay for them. So <laughs> uh, that's all done in my head, man. Sometimes, sometimes I got to like go and hide a post or delete a post. Cause it doesn't like, it's, it's just not jiving, but uh, uh, that's all done in the head. Um, that's cool. That's, that's, and that. Hold on. Let me, let me see. So I, I, I was going to go down. I mean, I, I was trying to scroll down for a long time to find any. And you can kind of see where it changes and like your brand changes a little bit and brand yeah. refreshes are okay, guys. Yeah. Refreshes. Yeah. Right. Not, not like, don't just completely change it 100% unless that's what you, unless that's what you need to do, but try to grab like refreshes. And that's how brands change over time. Right. Usually they're not drastic. They're slight refreshes. Man, this this is clean, and and again, the, these are types the types of best practices and kind of the the ideas that I wanted my audience to hear about. Someone again who's doing it one hundred percent the right way, and it it looks stellar. It's above the noise. I keep I keep using that that phrase raising above the noise because again, so many people are out here doing what it is that we're doing, but unfortunately they're going to fall off because they can't keep up with this consistency. Right. And again, you have to consciously always consider how this is going to look, how, how it's going to flow. And, and, and the effort behind that can, can be, can be daunting, right. For someone who may just be wanting to do this as, as, as for fun or, or as a side gig or, or just, uh, to spend, to, to spend some time with, but if you're serious out here in these content creation streets, then the, this is the level of the quality that your stuff needs to look at. 
Use Jared's pink and I think as, what's, as your barometer. And I think what, what's tough and what, what makes people give up is getting started. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of work to get started and to find your groove and find out what you want to do. But once you, once you do, it gets easier because yeah. you can save those templates. Like, like I mentioned earlier, when it comes to editing the podcast, the audio version, it still takes time, but it's quicker than it was when I first started a lot quicker. And yeah. I have presets for my audio corrections. Now, same thing when it comes to creating stuff for, for the Instagram account for, for the podcast, I have a let, um, you know, or a preset for the photo that the guest sends me. So they all, you know, not all those photos look like that when I got right, them, right? right but right. I have I have a preset that I slap on and and make a, a couple adjustments, and it gives me that kind of black and white look that I want out of the photo, um, and that gets plugged into a kind of template I have now already made up for everything else I create on Final Cut Pro for the podcast because I've done it numerous times. Now it's just plug and play. Yeah. Um. So I think people get discouraged because it's a lot of work when you get started. True. But you put in that hard work so it's easier later on. There you go. There, folks, put that on your next T-shirt. Put in the hard work now. Are, are the Nixons still online here? Preston's, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be the new 2022 uh, line right there. Looks like Steve has yeah. come back with the more. Work hard now so you don't have to later, right? There you go, man. <laughs> work hard now. <laughs> Let's see. So Steve is saying value for value. A growing number of podcasts are being supported by cryptocurrency as part of the podcast index. Dude, that's that's like above my pay grade and way diver than like more than I want to dive into. <laughs> Steve, um, you're gonna have to come like, back I, with, with, with something I, a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you one more chance, worthy. Right. I'm gonna give you one more chance. Yeah, I love like, you, brother. Let's well, try I, this right here. Like, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we're talking, we're talking Final Cut Pro, we're talking Millinote, and he comes. You want to get into crypto? Like, man, I just started <laughs> diving into crypto and NFTs, right? Like, come on. <laughs> I, I, don't hold that. Hold that. We're gonna talk about that. Hold that. Uh, see, Steve was again saying, as you listen, you can support the podcast by a small amount of stats every minute you listen, or you can boost the podcast creator by tipping more revenue. It's an interesting po uh, concept. Haven't really heard or seen a lot of people doing that. But again, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Again, as we were talking about, I guess, evolutions and kind of next possible trends and where does cryptocurrency come into play? That could make sense. Someone who knows about that, shouts out to him. I see him. Appreciate you, sir. Monty Weaver is in the building. Uh, look at him C coming through with the hashtag just start. So, you know, you know what we're talking about. That's a good man right there. Uh, so I, I think maybe what, what Steve is getting at is like, do you create value so you can gain value? And like maybe he, like monetarily, but I definitely don't do that. Like it. I have a, uh, what do I have? Like a buy me a coffee that I don't even yeah. plug that much. And yeah. like the shirts and the hat that I like, I don't plug that much because I'm creating the podcast because I find, I find fulfillment out of it. I find joy out of it. And I want, you know, I started the podcast because I love hearing stories from entrepreneurs and creators on how they got started because always hearing those stories motivated me to keep doing what I was doing or to pursue what I wanted to pursue. And I want to provide that for someone else. And so, you know, value for value. I hope like, I hope that I'm creating value for you to value that. That's the whole point of the podcast for me is to create value for you. And do I get something out of it? Absolutely. Yeah. I've 80 episodes in right now and I've got to talk to amazing yeah. creators and meet amazing people so many creators out there just feel alone and I'm so 
fortunate enough to not feel that way because I've made connections with breeders around the world that I can DM or text or call anytime. I mean, people pay for an hour one-on-one for yeah. with Sean Campbell or Pat Flynn. Yeah. I invited them on the podcast and they came in. I got to have an hour conversation with these guys that people yeah. would pay hundreds of dollars to talk to. And so, you know, uh, I created the podcast to, to create value for, for the listeners and for myself, but not to, not necessarily to get anything out of it. Hey, if I can eventually great, but I don't, I haven't found a, a good way to do that yeah. because I'm not trying to sell ads. I don't want to sell you guys on stuff. If you want to support the podcast, support the podcast. You know, that's, that's, that's my take. I'm going to dive into that, man. And that's, that's, that's incredible because you don't lead with the monetization piece, right? You, you mm. lead with the value. If you, you do, you're going to fail. Yeah. Right. So, and again, that, that is a, a key takeaway that I, I think folks should, should listen to. If, if you lead with a whole bunch of advertisements, if you lead with a whole bunch of come, come buy this, come support this or whatever. Yeah. Fo- folks know that. And they have that. If, if you're doing your SEO, right. And you're putting that in your description and you've got all of those tags set behind the scenes, folks know how to go find that folks know how to find you and, and, and come support you. But if you lead with, I'm providing value from the conversations that, that I'm delivering and the, the interviewee and the interviewer and, and just that dialogue that resonates. And that's what people remember. They'll end up going and sharing it. Someone else will watch it. They'll share it. And it'll, it'll be kind of that, that, that ripple effect going out there to where then you start becoming more of that subject matter expert in the field that you're talking about and the audience will grow. So the benefits will come by just providing the quality content as opposed to leading with buy me a coffee buy my merch, uh, this, this, and this, right? So leave that in the background. Yeah, yeah, it's there. We all know it. A lot of folks, are, a lot of us are in the content creation ecosystem. So we know that's part of what it is that we do. But if you leave, if you have that at the forefront, that that unfortunately blurs and fogs up off. the message. Yeah. Puts people off. I love it. Who, wa- I love who, it. who actively wants to be sold something? Yeah. That's no good. one. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Dr. Pelzer is in the building. Great word, purpose and significance. Did I say that? It was probably Jared. I, I didn't say it. I, if I said it, it was just me repeating what he said. So, uh, yo, see, look, there it is right there. J is for Jared, not James. Oh, my. Aren't you, on, aren't you out there on the bike somewhere, man? I, I'm just here, the Wizard of Oz, pulling, pulling strings behind the curtain. I, I'm just, okay, okay. Uh, Cher Jones, we saw you in the building. I, I love you coming in, saying you've been asking yourself the same thing. Uh, it's time to get back on that content horse. Get it done now. Just start. Get get you a Jared Pink the Hive hat that says "Just Start" and rock that the next time you're out there doing yeah. your LinkedIn. We got to come up with another shirt. You started now. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> part two. Part two. Yeah. Part um, two. I, I want to talk a little bit about something else that you've got going on. And listen, man, uh, we, we we touched on a little bit about the NFT marketplace, and I know you're into oh. that. Uh, well, Barely. Again, doing, do, doing, Barely doing, <laughs> doing some of my research. I, I knew that I liked you for just what you do and what you create, but I also found out that you have another place in your heart and that being Yosemite. Oh yeah. There, Yosem- there are two places, two places on this planet, one being Mendocino and the other one being Yosemite that I just love. Yeah. Cause you're up North, right? You're up, yeah. you're up in yeah. NorCal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just got back from Mendocino uh, last weekend. My heart is still there right now in Yosemite. Look, I, I just posted a memory on my Facebook page of uh, when, when we were all there a couple of years ago. 
Talk to us a little bit about what this initiative that you've got going with OpenSea is. Yeah, you know, so like, listen, we're all kind of going what Steve was saying, right? We're all creatives and we all want to be able to make money doing what we're doing, right? Yeah. There's different ways to do that. The podcast isn't, isn't one of them for me. Um, one way is to do photography and videography for clients, right? Um, and the other one is like, uh, I, you know, dive into NFTs, right? It seemed like a good idea at the time. It's like crypto is like, has definitely tanked and having a roller coaster of a ride this year. So maybe not the best decision if you don't have money to spend um, or, you know, it, it's just like the stock market, right? You yeah. can't like only invest in what you're willing to lose. Um, and yeah, it's just, I'm still fairly new to it. I think it's a great way for photographers to make a living um, or at least to make some additional, not living, but additional income um, to go out there and be able to sell, sell your, your, your digital assets, right? Like someone buy that, they own the digital copy of that and can do whatever they want with it. You know um, I think there's still a lot of confusion around NFTs, right? You're selling the, that digital asset, um, but you're not selling your copyrights, right? You know, yeah. if I go buy a print uh, of something the artist still owns the rights to that and can do whatever they want with that photo or that painting. Right. I mean, you, you don't, if you buy a, a print of the Mona Lisa, you don't own the Mona Lisa. Right. Um, <laughs> so the NFT market, it, it's just, I'm still diving into it and learning it myself, but um, we'll see if I can get any sales out of it. Uh, you know, no, you we'll got, see. you got some amazing, <laughs> amazing images here. And I, I have fond memories of every one of these locations there, but I, I want to touch on something that you just said there as yeah, well, yeah. from a creator's perspective, having multiple streams of income, right? So again, a lot of us will, will tend to focus on maybe getting monetized on YouTube, right? Be, being part of the YouTube partner program. Yeah. That that's a great milestone and that's a great step in the, in the journey, but get that, have the merch, have, have, a, have NFT marketplace, you know, have a multiple streams of income. Actually, it was, it was either Monty or um, uh, so somebody said have at least 10 to 15 different streams going, right? In, in terms of just make, making sure that your message is out there, it resonates with your brand and, and things of that nature. Don't just settle and don't just be, be content with, I got the thousand followers or subscribers, I got the 4,000 watch hours, and, and I've, and I'm now can be monetized on, on, on YouTube. No, that's, that's you'll, cause you only get a fraction of that, right? You, YouTube is going right. to keep a, a good percentage of that. Like, just like the tax man have multiple streams of where you can actually be pulling from to, to maintain what you're doing. If it's going to be your primary hustle or it's going to be your side hustle. So I love this idea that you're, you're branching out and doing something slightly different, but still within your wheelhouse. Yeah, you still, I mean, multiple streams of revenue is super important um, as not just a creative, but, but any any yeah. business. Even when I run my freelance or creative business, uh, I break it down by, by clients, right? Like that to me is multiple streams of revenue. I yeah. don't want one client to make up a giant piece of my business because if something were to happen, there's a giant chunk of your business going away. Yeah. So I, I mean, even multiple streams of revenue from a business standpoint, I try to diversify my clients, try to pump out more business. That's why I said, like trying to sell them on different ideas, like, you know, about me videos, city videos, um, client testimonials, how to, how to get more business out of the, out of each client. So not one client is making up all your business. 
Like you, you don't want that. And same thing as a creative, you don't want all your income coming from one source. You try to di diversify because if something goes away. How, how are you going to make up for that? You know, That's you true. don't want it to make up the majority of your business. I hope, I hope folks are, are writing this down. I got it. I got it recorded. So I, I don't have to write it down <laughs> just yet. So, but I, I will go back and look at my notes because what you're just saying is, is truth there, right there. Uh, let, let me bring up this other question. Cause this is interesting as well. Cher is saying LinkedIn just opened up applications for their new podcast network. Are you excited about that as a growth opportunity? I'll, I'll let you go. Go first. Jared. I'll be honest. I, I didn't even know anything about it. So yeah, th that, That'd be cool. The more places you can have the content and, and the podcast, I, I'm all for it. But like I said, the, um, I don't create the podcast necessarily to, to grow the podcast and to be this giant thing. If people find it and they get value mm. out of it, fantastic. But like, I'm not, I create a podcast. <laughs> I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. I know how to get the good quality out of it, but, um, like I'm not necessarily out there trying to be the top podcast. Like yeah. I, I put it out there. It, it's everywhere it should be. And I'm, I'm happy with that. The man is, is humble. It's, it's all right. <laughs> go, go, go and be humble, but listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna close it like this. Don't, I'm gonna give you these flowers too. You have done a phenomenal job, right. In terms of what you've put out there, the, the caliber of, of the work that you've put out there, folks are looking at it. And you, you've mentioned a handful of names of folks that have been on, on your stream, on your show. They're not going to come just to anything that's just run of the mill. <laughs> you're not going to get Pat Flynn to just, just drop what he's doing and come hang out with you. If you, if you're just putting out subpar quality content. So you, you've got something going, man. I, I appreciate it. Again, like I say, I've got it on repeat. Every time I go to the gym, it's the first thing that I listen to. And, and, and then I throw on my, uh, my little, little more aggressive music when I'm underneath the squat rack, but I, I always got the, I always got the hive on as well. Tell folks where they can find you from a digital footprint perspective. I'm gonna put it in the description, yeah, yeah. but again, I'd rather hear it from, from the man himself. Can we, can we go back to her question real quick though? Yeah. I, I mean, I was thinking about it and um, here's my take on, on, you know, Amazon launching podcasts, LinkedIn mm, mm. launching a podcast. Um, they're trying to, if you want to be there, be there, but I wouldn't put too much of your time into it. Put the time into where people currently are actually going Spotify, Apple podcast, right? That makes up 80% of where my listeners are or on those two platforms. And even out of that 60% is just Apple, right? Apple makes up the majority of where my listeners are. These other platforms are trying to capitalize on people coming to their platform and you giving them your content, not giving them, putting your content on there to help boost their platform. But until they actually do something with that and try to get listeners to their platform, like there's, there's one I think is fantastic. Uh, I think it's called good pods, their platform, fantastic. But all they're doing right now is, is trying to get people to post their content. What are they doing to actually get people to use their platform as their main listening platform? Not, not a whole lot. I, I don't hear anybody using good pods as their listening platform, right? Everybody's using Spotify and Apple. Barely anybody uses Amazon. Who, if, if LinkedIn's going to put money on attracting listeners, then I will go and put effort into promoting my podcast on LinkedIn. But all these platforms, all they're doing is promoting for creators to come put their content on there. Well, what are you doing to go get us to the listeners? Wow. Like how are you getting listeners to, to the platform? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I was just on, 
uh, the golden hour podcast. And he brought out a good point. His job is to make the content and get it out there on YouTube. YouTube's job is to push that content and find the right viewers. Yes. Right. The same thing with, I think with podcast platforms, I'm making the content. What are you doing to bring listeners to the platform? And, um, all these new podcast platforms, all they're doing is trying to get content. It's because they need it, right? Yeah. I get that. They need con content. But what are you doing to go get people to use your platform to listen? Because if you're not doing anything, well, I'm going to put all my effort into where the listeners are. And that's Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's, that's man, that's profound, right? Because, again, 90% of the platforms out there, there's a subscription fee for them, right? You're paying... 10, 20, 30, 40, however much per month for to be on, on those platforms. And you're, you're right. You only need to be, there's a lot of other places out there, but you only really need to be on Spotify and Apple. Yeah. yeah all, all the other ones are good. It's, it's cool to be on, on, on Alexa. Hold on. Hopefully I didn't, I didn't just wake her up over there, but you know, being, being on, on Google and, and LinkedIn and um, some of some of the other platforms that are out there, but man, yeah. If you're expecting me to give you the content and to push all my listeners to your platform when they're already like, that's more work. That's more work for my listeners. I want my, my listeners to have the easiest listening like possibility. That's why I put my podcast everywhere. You listen where you want to listen, Yeah. but it's not our job to drive listeners to a specific platform. That's the platform's job to go get the listeners to come to their platform. I'm already making the content. What else do you want from me? <laughs> that should actually be pretty freeing and pretty should take some weight. I th uh, just hearing you say that out loud. And I've, I've always assumed that as well, but that should be very, very relieving for a lot of content creators, right? Just do what you do. Hold on. I saw someone say that Keith just said that do what you love and the money will follow. Yeah. He's focused. I love that. But you know, focus on what you're doing, delivering that high quality content. If you're working with an aggregator or you're working with a platform or, or a service, let them provide the value, let them reciprocate their value back to you by pushing it out to an audience. And, and I kind of think you just worry about what it is that you're good at, what you're passionate about and why you start, why you started and, and, and you'll be, you should be all right. That's, that's good stuff. Here it was not here. Here we go with somebody heckling you, man. Right. Keith, how about a good point? It's like, it's, <laughs> it's like small rig, soft lights, soft box lights. Got to go a little extra. We already have Spotify and Apple, Godox and Aperture. I'm a Godox man. I get, I get what I get. I get. I, I, know, I, what get the I know what he's saying. I get the right. <laughs> it's good stuff. That's good. Listen, man. Um, the Hive Podcast, HivePodcast.org, GrowTheHive.com is where you do your professional work when you're out there shooting drone pictures. I, I may talk to you about a DJI drone here before too long. We'll, we'll talk about that offline. If I, if I buy another Maverick Air, though, my wife's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a good look around oh, here. I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah, they, they, and, and they're always they're always pushing it. Always, I just bought a Ronin stabilizer last night because of Keith. Well, I'm, I'm going to say it was because of Keith. I bought a stabilizer. Right, oh. right there. Is that the, uh, the RSC2? Uh, that's not the, that's the RS too, not the C. Oh, oh, okay. He got, you got that one. Well, you know, you, you are professional. I'm, I'm, I'm just here heckling from the back of the room, but, but yeah, my, my RC two will be here hopefully Saturday, uh, tomorrow. But I, I, I blame Dr. Pelzer for, for that gas that I, that I got. Um, man, this has been amazing. I appreciate you for taking the time. I appreciate you for the, the information. Appreciate you for the knowledge. Appreciate you for just 
being open to have the conversation and, and, and really enlighten, you know, the community here with, with some best practices, some ideas, and just some really some principles of, of just staying, staying focused, staying true to yourself, just starting and do, doing all of those good things. Right. Uh, tell the folks again, as, as I was going to say in the closing where they can find you so they can keep up with you in terms of uh, the messages that you provide. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Instagram, Twitter at Jared Spink, super, super easy. My first and last name. Um, or, you know, if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram, it's the hive underscore podcast. I think, I think that's it. Um, but yeah, th those are probably the best places, especially Twitter. I, I love Twitter. So if you want to connect, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. You're, you're a pretty, pretty funny follow on, on Twitter, man. I, I, I do, <laughs> I do. I do like hanging out with you. I have my moments. You, I have you, my you moments. You know, the, the last one, when you were ranting about the, uh, the Rams logo, I mean, I, I was like, okay, Jared, I can hang out consistently. Bring consistency. It was cut off. Oh, do you know what was really driving me nuts? I didn't even say it. Yeah, I, I took a picture, but I didn't post it. Is when they had like the player stats and highlights. It was a blue background. Wasn't the right shade of blue. And then the Rams cut logo was black. Like it, it was Detroit colors. It was Detroit colors, essentially. Like why? Like why wouldn't it be your normal colors? Oh my it's god, driving me nuts. They they, they need spank in the in the in the, in the <laughs> marketing department at, at the Rams. Come on now, you then won the Super Bowl. You got you got some cash to to, to send out. You don't got to be that creative. You don't have to think outside the box. You already have your brand colors. Just you don't have to think about it. They're already there. Just do it on everything. Come on. The book of spank, y'all. The book of spank. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Hey, everyone, be well. Share this with, with folks within your community because this was some gold. These these were gems that were dropped. Take uh, take action. Go ahead and do like uh, Jared says, folks. Just start. We out. Appreciate you now.